we have these old historic century-old buildings that have gorgeous architectural stonework and features that we see a lot in our downtown car. Let's just think about Spark Street. To someday think that that could potentially be used on uh, on a residential level is mind-blowing. And uh, I'm very curious to see what the future brings to the auto market with these conversions. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us today. We have a very special guest, Dan Pereira. Dan is the president of Basic Construction. I know Dan is very busy, so Dan, thank you very much for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, thank you very much, and it's a pleasure being here. Thank you, Mateo. Uh, sounds great, sounds great. Uh, so uh, Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, a bit about myself. Okay, I'll take you back to my roots. Uh, I was born in Portugal uh, from a hard-working uh, immigrant family, landed in Canada when I was uh, just shy of three years old. Uh, done all my schooling in French, always stayed in the Ottawa area. Um, my father's always been in construction. My uncle's been in construction. Uh, construction's always been a part of my upbringing. Um, I attended the University of Ottawa. And uh, went into project management, and uh, now I'm at Bassi and couldn't be happier. So uh, that's uh, that's a bit of Dan Pereira in a nutshell. That's good. So you you were born in Portugal, uh, Tudo bem. Tudo bem. Muito obrigado. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. It's fantastic. You can get by. That that's very good. That's so you always you're gonna be in construction, and now you're obviously president at Basic Construction. And I know that uh, you've been involved in several office to multifamily conversions. Correct. Okay, and, and in fact, I'll be touring one of your projects. So really excited about that. So what makes an office building suitable for conversion to multifamily housing? Well, I guess having the right candidate in terms of an asset is what can make it suitable. Um, the, 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 the one thing that really does make it more suitable than anything is um, the cost savings uh, that are associated with the uh, saving an existing structure and some elements of, uh, of the building envelope that can have obviously financial uh, benefits for uh, a developer or an owner, as well as uh, scheduling and timing uh, benefits to help expedite uh, the time of construction that it would take to do a conversion or uh, adaptive repurposing, as some people call it, um, than building outright brand new. Um, it also saves on some landfill dumping and uh, waste diversion uh, because, and essentially, when you're when you're repurposing a commercial property to a residential, um, think of the structure that still stays in place. Uh, there's a lot of waste diversion that uh, often gets uh, underestimated. Wow. There's also uh, location. Location is a big factor as to how uh, what would make a building uh, conversion suitable. Um, we're seeing a lot going up on the downtown core, but uh, it's in the vicinity of uh, major arteries, traffic arteries mainly. LRT is a big factor as to what properties are being deemed uh, to be suitable for adaptive repurposing. Uh, and essentially, like I said at the beginning, having the right candidate and the right building infrastructure, it, it's always easier to have a commercial property and, or building, let's call it. Uh, that can go that can be suitable for a conversion rather than a warehouse or an industrial use building. Uh, so it's a bit of a one-way street when it comes to to that aspect as to what makes it suitable. Uh, but those are mainly the 
top criteria, I think, that can really make a commercial building uh, conversion to multifamily. That's very good. So of all the points that you've mentioned, which one do you think has the most impact? Costs. It all comes down to money, right? Uh, that That's what makes the world ground, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> if, pro- if projects aren't feasible, they just don't happen, and there's a lot of financing attached to it. So cost is definitely a big implication. A very close second would be timing. Everybody wants everything done quick right now. So so timing and, and the, uh, the time savings you can get from not having to repurpose a structure, namely, is a, is a big advantage. That's very good. That is very good. And what are some of the challenges when converting an office to multifamily housing? Uh, some of the challenges that we've seen is uh, often enough just unknown site conditions. When we take a building that needs to get converted to multifamily, a very extensive demolition exercise takes place. And that's when you hash out and you make observable what are some of the site conditions that may be detrimental or will create a challenge to to the feasibility of the building, given structural, maybe some mechanical services. Once you tear everything down to the shell, you know exactly what your framework is that you'll be working off of. Uh, that's one of the biggest challenges. And obviously that comes with some uh, some cost implications. The structural load of a building uh, gets somewhat uh, repurposed just because a commercial load of open floor space with cubicles now becomes a slab that has, you know, depending on, on the surface, uh, 10 to 20 units on a floor, which has a higher drywall load uh, coring of a slab gets them extensively to allow for mechanical services and plumbing services such as kitchens, bathrooms. Whereas you know your, your typical commercial office building has a uh, you know a central washroom near the core of a building. So there's a couple of structural uh, implications that are, that often create challenges on conversions. There's also the inherent nature of the existing mechanical and engineered systems such as heat pumps, washrooms, kitchens. All the plumbing and electrical loads uh, are now completely different than what was the original intention of when the building was purpose built. So all those engineered systems, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, all get uh, basically redesigned and revamped just so that it can adapt to its new use, which would be for multifamily residential. But the biggest challenge is that, in essence, the original intended purpose of the building is completely changed. What was once a commercial building with uh, a central elevator shaft core with some associated washrooms and open floor plans minus you know some conference rooms and breakout rooms now gets completely revamped to you know a full corridor system with uh, like I said depending on uh, on surface area a certain number allocated of residential units to it so. Uh, the intention of the whole building gets completely written. That's one of the biggest challenges. Not to say that it's impossible to overcome. We've obviously done it, but uh, it uh, it comes with its challenges. Sounds very challenging. Definitely is. Absolutely. The first thing to overcome those challenges is definitely having the team. And it definitely does take a team, not just from construction managers as contractors, but a good uh, a good client with a good project representative on their end the consultants, the engineers, uh, the proper developers. Uh, it definitely takes a team. It's a co- very collaborative team effort. That's what will overcome a lot of your challenges. Okay. What zoning requirements do developers need to look out for when converting office to multifamily? 
Well, what I've been finding a lot now is that the Ottawa's been pushing and uh, and making life easier for uh, what we call urban densification. So uh, one of the rezoning requirements, and I'm only specifically talking to, I guess, some of the, the examples I've witnessed with the conversions we've done, is that the, the rezoning requirements uh, that we've done have happened along uh, that 500 meter within the LRT corridor that has been uh, granted for mixed use zoning. So that has really helped developers and owners pivot from a commercial asset to be adaptable for uh, residential zoning. We've seen that the the push in Ottawa for urban densification has uh, has had a good reward, um, especially over the past um, few years with COVID, where a lot of owners are sitting on on these assets and, and and buildings that are in essence used only to a certain capacity and have uh, you know we we've heard three weeks ago that Ottawa's got an all time high of commercial real estate vacancy. Um, these let's quote unquote call it dead assets are appealing to people that want to either convert to generate more uh, more revenue on the rental market. That is very good. And are you able to share a success story of one of your office to multifamily conversion projects? Absolutely. I mean, the most recent uh, success story we have is uh, the 473 Albert Street project, which is uh, called The Slate. Uh, In essence, this project was uh, a 50-year-old, 11-story monolithic office tower that that we were successful in changing into 158 high-end residential rental apartments with some state-of-the-art amenities. Uh, We removed about 96 precast panels on the uh, building envelope side which we replaced with uh, brand new siding and, uh, and Juliet, brand new windows throughout. And uh, there was a major structural overhaul on this building, including reinforcement of concrete walls, new footings in the, in the sub-basement. Underground parking was, uh, was a factor as well. Some uh, structural steel uh, that got put into the underground parking to reinforce uh, the lateral load of the building. And uh, this was all done along a major th- thoroughfare of traffic in the downtown core where, uh, you know, we went through COVID, we went through convoys and uh, the Albert Street rejuvenization project that uh, is just wrapping up. So again, it was a great collaboration with uh, the client, with uh, the designers, the uh, the consultants, the engineers, with the city. And uh, it was a very big success story. And uh, we're very proud to be a part of that uh, accomplishment. That's good. Did the truckers uh, assist with your workforce? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. We were in full swing of structural work, so we could have used every every bit of help that we could. But, uh, you know, it just it created some traffic implications for uh, logistics of the project. Rather than that, you know, we're, we're glad that we could overcome that challenge. That's very good. And you touched on this a little bit. Um, so what makes a newly converted office to multifamily to be appealing? and uh, functional? Well, the first thing that makes it appealing, I guess, would be on the developer side, like I said already previously, is um, the the cost-saving implications for uh, the owner and developer. Again, you're saving on structural work. You're saving on on civil work that otherwise a new construction project would uh, would have cost implications on. But ultimately, uh, schedule, right? You're working with existing framework, and you're building off of that. But the one thing that makes it the most appealing, especially nowadays when this is a very touchy subject, is the, the sustainability that comes with it. 
Uh, like I've mentioned before, uh, waste diversion and reducing people's carbon footprint is something that's very uh, important to some people. So uh, recycling and repurposing uh, an asset such as a building is very feasible. We've done it now and we're currently doing another one. And uh, there's something that we can be proud of in terms of uh, of reducing the carbon footprint on, on, on the construction industry by reutilizing some of these these properties and assets. Again, there's there's a lot of uh, waste diversion that happens with repurposing that uh, you would typically see with the uh, with the building teardown plus a new build, which uh, which this definitely um, reduces. There's also the location. Ottawa's always been a very heart centric municipality. We want to promote now urban densification. That's a theme that we've seen with uh, with our councillors and with the city in general. But we also uh, we're also trying to address the availability of housing which is currently in Canada, as we, we touched on on a federal level, uh, a bit of a crisis. Um, housing prices keep going up, but these uh, these conversion projects have uh, definitely a streamlined approach as to making more housing available quicker than building new. One thing that we're blessed with in Ottawa, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm curious to see what it could bring in the next few years if, if these adaptive repurposing projects keep going, is we're lucky to have a lot of heritage designated buildings that are commercially used um and it brings a bit of nostalgic new york city vibes i should say where maybe one day if these uh, adaptive repurposing projects keep going in in ottawa i'm thinking new york city in terms of we have these old historic century old buildings that people in new york are proud to call home that have gorgeous architectural stonework and features that we see a lot in our downtown cars. Let's just think about Spark Street. Um, to someday think that that could potentially be used on uh, on a residential level is uh, is mind blowing, and uh, I'm very curious to see what the, what the future brings to uh, to the auto market with these uh, with these conversions. Wow, that is very good. So you've seen a trend within the city on desertification, but that's from the city's perspective. But I know communities are resistant to uh, densification. Absolutely. And and I think working from home is is part of the problem here. Um, not saying it's a problem that's going to solve itself in the next few years, but um, the downtown core isn't as busy as it once was. But uh, it's uh, there's a lot of availability. There's a lot of opportunity right now in our, in our downtown core for projects such as these. It's an interesting uh, scenario we're getting up to. You know, like I said, it's going to have its own challenges, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see how, how this will change the landscape here in Ottawa. Okay. And you, you've touched on location uh, several times. Yeah. So what are the key location considerations when converting office to multifamily? Obviously, you talked about uh, being close <laughs> to the LRT within 500 meters. Uh, what other factors? Well, three out of four conversions that we've done have been uh, located in the downtown core. So a central, um, call it walkable distance to all amenities is something I think developers and owners are are trying to achieve. Um, some people have mentioned uh, already uh, in the past, uh, you know, economic situation, we had 50-minute cities. Um, I, I see that being feasible uh, given the locations I've done majority of these conversions on, which is within your downtown core, you're close to your dentist, your grocer, your your family doctor or general practitioner, um, your place of work, your place of leisure. Everything's within a very walkable distance on three out of the four historic uh, opportunities we, we've gotten to touch on. 
but I again, like I like I've mentioned, uh, the one that we haven't uh, done in downtown core is very convenient and strategically placed to the light rail transit system that we currently have within walking distance, literally right at the uh, at the pedestrian footbridge on the east end of uh, of where the LRT starts. And uh, again, it's a major traffic artery that can get you into downtown well within 15 to 20 minutes using public transportation. Uh, a lot of the conversions we've done also have some kind of multi-user pathway directly accessible to the property in question. So the multi-user pathway is great for people like cycling. You know, people just want to go for a walk, rollerblading. There's a lot of ways to get around, even uh, electric scooters, as as we see, uh, that, that get scattered all over our sidewalks. So uh, central is, is, is critical. That, that I've seen, um, but even when it's not central on that one circumstance, I think having availability to public transportation and multi-user pathways has been uh, viable to make the, the project feasible and, and viable from a developer's point of view. That is very good. So three out of the four projects that you've done have been in the downtown core, and the fourth one is the one that I'm supposed to be touring, I imagine. Correct. It's in the East End. It's... Uh, 1600 James Naismith. It's an old office building, eight stories high with a large uh, large footprint, actually. And it's uh, right across the highway from the Gloucester Center and, and the Blair LRT station. So it's it's very conveniently placed. And it's, uh, it's definitely a great opportunity of developing uh, just outside of the downtown core, I should say. Uh, th- that is very good. And what could be the downside or risks associated with office to multifamily conversions? Absolutely. I mean, the, whenever there's construction, there's always, there's always risks, right? Um, the biggest risk is unknown conditions and, and the costs that get associated with it. The best thing to do is to get a good team, a good designer, a good consulting engineer, um, and, and even a good construction manager to get involved in a project uh, at an early stage to have that collaborative approach, like I've mentioned before, that can really overcome a lot of challenges. Analyzing the condition of structures is pretty critical. How can you be? How can you mitigate this? Just careful planning. The issue with a lot of these risks and challenges on a conversion project is that you're inheriting what could be issues. When you're building a new construction, you can always anticipate what can be issues going down the line as you're building up. So, because you're inheriting issues, planning is very crucial, very very time sensitive, uh, as you can imagine. But also, you want to have a, a good team that has a good synergy working to to mitigate the risks, uh, eliminate them if possible, or or um, minimize them uh, as as a team as you're as you're developing. Good good design development um, and 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 just do, doing your diligence. Uh, strong consultants are, are are crucial. We've had the. Uh, the privilege of having a very good collaborative approach on on past projects, and it's uh, you know like I said before, having that that collaborative approach with with your with your owner, your your developer, your consultants, your construction manager, your engineers. Uh, that that's the biggest way you can mitigate any of those risks, and, and foreshadowing to a certain degree um, is is thing. But you always inherit issues, like I said, and that's that's the tricky part with the. With the conversions versus new builds, engaging a construction manager at an early stage is uh, is uh, I think crucial. The, the more input I can have as a construction manager into a project uh, at an early stage, even to simply value engineer the 
the project is uh, is a benefit that can get trickled down to the to the owner and developer. I've I've heard you mention having a good team several times. Yeah. So it's well definitely critical having a good team. Critical, critical. Wow. Absolutely critical. Wow. And, uh, no, I've mentioned already. We we've been blessed on on the past opportunities we've had to have a great team, and it's uh like I said, it takes care of a lot of the challenges, and it will it will mitigate your risks absolutely. You mentioned four projects that you've done so far converting office to multifamily. Which one has been the most expensive? Which one has been on the lower end? It's not about being cheap or lower end. It's it's really how many units are going into them and how what kind of uh, market or target demographic the owner is targeting, right? For example, I'll be very transparent. The one we've done on Albert Street has very high-end finishes. It's an absolutely gorgeous building, and I, I couldn't be more proud of having uh, the privilege of working on it. It's not a large building. It's, like I said, 156 units. Because the finishes and the amenities are are something that weren't, um, uh, how can I say, it wasn't uh, underestimated. The, the The owner wanted to provide some of what I would call the best amenities in the downtown core. And they did exactly that. Uh, so you can pick and choose where you want to spend the current conversion we're working on now, which you'll go visit in a couple of weeks, is uh, you know just outside of the of the core. Uh, the amenities will be there, uh, but you're not getting a rooftop terrace, for example. Uh, however, it's close to double the units on eight floors instead of eleven. So it has to do with quality of the finishes, quality of the amenities, uh, the number of suites going in, the the space of the suites. And obviously location, downtown locations are convenient. We, we know that they get a premium on the rental market, but some people don't mind uh, saving a bit for taking the 15-minute LRT ride down to the core to go to work or whatever the case may be. So it's, uh, it's definitely a compromise and it's uh, there's at least availability within Ottawa for people's needs, um, whether they want to be very central or quasi-central. Um, but I, I do notice that a lot of the developers are taking a big importance on amenities. It's very good to see that it's not just about the finishes of your suite. It's the gyms. It's the business center. It's the space to work remotely within the building that isn't your your suite per se, that you can isolate yourself and work off a laptop for six hours to eight hours a day. More and more catering to that. And a lot of people putting a lot of emphasis on the on health. So uh, gym facilities, uh, yoga, meditation rooms are something uh, I see going into a lot of these conversions. Well, talking about amenities. So 99 Bank, uh, they have a new restaurant, Fresco, on the main floor. It's more exciting to go get lunch. The price is, well, <laughs> they're more reasonable, let's just say. <laughs> Absolutely. You've seen that. Uh, I think I've always been lucky to have, uh, like I said, Freshco's and, and Farm Boys be more and more available downtown. And, you know, it's a nice alternative than going to the takeout uh, canteens and, uh, you know, just getting a different uh, view for lunch rather than, uh, let's call it a grocery store lunch where you can get a couple of fresh options rather than some uh, prepared foods, right? So, yes, yes. Yeah. No, that's good. So definitely amenities very, very important. And would it be feasible to do a partial conversion of office to multifamily where some floors are dedicated to office and other floors to residential units? Absolutely. It's definitely feasible. We actually already see it on a couple of uh, buildings downtown. 
one of the last new build construction projects, Bass, he's done 192 Bronson and actually has exactly that. It's, it's an apartment building that got built brand new, but the, the ground floor has some, uh, some commercial suites available for lease. So we've seen it already. It's feasible. I think another good example of that would be 131 Queen Street. There's some residential is the majority use of the building. And then you have some commercial use on the ground floor. So these mixed use buildings are already there. It's feasible uh, as long as you have proper zoning. Uh, and I do think it's going to be something we're going to see on adaptive repurposing conversions or office the multifamily projects going forward should the, the developer or, or owner choose to go that route. I've definitely seen uh, a lot of apartment buildings. The main floor is most of them is commercial, but other than just having the main floor, a couple of commercial units, could you have more floors than one? Is that feasible or it's just feasible for one floor? It's feasible. I do see some cost implications that would have to determine whether it's feasible or not. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to have some kind of open staircase or escalator elevator system that's isolated from the residential suites or having uh, a commercial lower floor suites. So an example that probably isn't the best example, but for example, 240 Sparks, the CD Howe building, it's office space for the majority, but they have this gorgeous uh, array of uh, commercial floors on the bottom three floors of the building. I don't know if you ever managed to visit that, that space. Would that be possible in in the residential, I think it would be possible should the developer choose to go that route because I do see that that features like that would come at a premium. Okay, so they would come at a premium. Okay, well, that's very good. And you definitely touched on sustainability. Mm-hmm. You talked about, um, I guess, uh, waste conversion and things like that. So how could conversion of office to multifamily make a building more sustainable and energy efficient? It's very simple to do just because you're changing the entire engineered systems of the building. Often enough, that also touches on the building envelope. If you're touching the building envelope, you're going to bring that up to Ontario Building Code, which will have some thermal benefits of retainage of heat and keeping out cold in the winter and and keeping cool in the summer. But overall, all of the engineered systems will get brought up to date with recent technology, or let's call it newer technology. I'm thinking LEDs throughout a building rather than fluorescence from an old you know, office space from 30 years ago. So in essence, because you're doing such an overhaul to the structure of the building, all the mechanical electrical systems completely get revamped. As a bonus to the conversion, you're upgrading the systems so that they can be greener, divert the carbon footprint. If you're going to a a more, uh, like I mentioned, LED light system, it'll reduce your hydro costs and usage. Same thing with the HVAC systems, same thing with plumbing. You're using more up-to-date construction equipment than than the building was originally constructed for with this engineered systems. Mechanical water chillers, heat pumps, boilers for a building. You'll get a lot of efficiencies by putting in all this new equipment that the building just originally didn't have. And that's where you're going to get a lot of the sustainability, not just in the actual construction, but the overall maintenance and the uh, the lifespan of the building w- will be beneficial to, to the owner. Wow. So just the act of doing a conversion itself makes the building sustainable. Exactly. And you got to keep in mind that when you are converting it, like, like I mentioned before, the overall intended purpose of the building completely changes. 
So all those mechanical electricity, they get completely revamped. You have new power distribution, new lighting distribution. Your fire alarm codes get brought up to code. Uh, pull station strobes. Uh, same thing with the mechanical side. You have more efficient uh, equipment that's going in, reduces the usage of energy. At the same time, you have a chance to insulate your building better so you reduce on heat loss that could have been a factor historically on the building. You have a chance to change the windows, which will retain cooling and heating given the appropriate seasons. So there's a lot of good implications that happen all while diverting a lot of waste to landfills and just making sure everything is, is green. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting how uh, just simply bringing up to date is a huge benefit to the owner. Wow, that's very good. So one last question for you, Dan. The federal government announced their plans to dispose some of their office assets here in Ottawa. Is there any buildings that you've identified that uh, are candidates for conversion to multifamily? Absolutely. I mean, there was, I think, 13 buildings on that list. There's definitely a few that would be suitable candidates. It all depends on who these buildings get offloaded to. Um, obviously, developers and, and owners have a keen eye on, on lists like this because a lot of these government buildings do come on prime locations. There is a hell of an undertaking. Some buildings are probably too far gone to even justify an adaptive repurposing, let's call it. But uh, I'm curious to see which one of those uh, buildings on that list uh, might just get picked up by the right developer to become a, a conversion project. I, I think it's something that I'm looking forward to, whether I'm a part of it or not. I think it's just overall good for, for the city and uh, for the sustainability and for the environment and just to make Ottawa proud of how we can reuse and recycle huge assets such as buildings. Wow. So you're essentially recycling a building. <laughs> in essence, in essence, it comes with obviously a lot of work going into it. But yeah. uh, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of, of, the, of, the, of the structure building can get completely recycled. And it's, uh, it's amazing to achieve. Wow. Well, Dan, it's been a great conversation. I loved your points. I know more about conversion of office to multifamily from a technical perspective. So that's very good. and really excited to tour the new um, office to multifamily conversion. Yeah, we're excited to have you on board. And uh, thank you very much for, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm, I'm glad I got to share some of my experience and insight uh, with you and your listeners. Sounds great. Uh, thank you very much, Dan. All right. Take care. Thank you.